Hello friends! This is People Are Interesting with Jan K. In each episode of this show, unique individuals share stories that take us on a ride across ideas and places. Featuring crocodile attacks in Indonesia, escaping war-torn Lebanon, and shark protection schemes in Mauritania. This podcast takes you where you've never been before. Enjoy and thank you for joining the club. All right, and we're running. Hi, everyone. This is Jan speaking here. And today with me, I have a really special guest for you guys. Steve with me from UK Abandoned Mine Explorations. Hi, Steve. Hello, Jan. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much for accepting an invitation. When I first stumbled upon your channel and we started talking about the things that you do, I was low-key blown away so maybe you could introduce to the listeners what it is that you really do and what, uh, what are the places that you visit we explore abandoned mostly lead mines in the north north of england so uh the Pen- northern pennines lake district and we've done a few coal mines but they are incredibly dangerous so we tend to avoid them we document all the history, the archaeology, uh, we research and find mines that have been lost, all sorts of things. Got it. So, lead mines, coal mines, you've mentioned yeah. coal mines are quite dangerous. Would yeah. You, would you mind to elaborate a little bit why coal mines are dangerous? Because uh, of the geology, basically, uh, they're go through rough geology so they're quite loose usually so they can be quite shaly uh, they'll fall down quite easily and they, they emit a lot of gases so you need a, a gas meter with you for them and they can quickly overwhelm you so even from outside there's people been uh, killed by coal mines that haven't even gone in them just by gases coming out the portal oh wow but they can be quite nasty <laughs> what you're doing is so wild i have to say this (laughs) it's so out of anything that i've ever heard about let's 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 take the story from where it where it properly starts where where does this story start for you mine exploration uh probably the 80s even though i didn't do it as a child i was brought up in a a house that was in an old coal field obviously all the collieries are gone uh, but the heaps were still there and stuff, and I used to explore, see if I can find any of the mines. Obviously, I hadn't got a clue about the dangers of them at the time. We didn't have maps of where they were, so I just, just wandered around trying to find anything I could. Luckily, I didn't find anything, because, yeah, I could have got killed. And then just sort of watching. That stayed with me in the background. But when YouTube started up, one of the guys who I used to watch who repaired TVs, uh, he started putting... Mine, uh, ex- sorry, he started putting up videos about his mine explorations. So I started searching for the mines here, uh, found them on the internet, and then went to take a picture of some. So I went around the surface of the site, took some pictures of the portal and everything, and stuck them in a mining group. And one of the guys said, Would you like to go down one? And it all went from there. And that video is actually on the, the first video on my channel was my first explore. Although it was, it's actually from 2015 because I didn't start this channel until later. The video is actually much older. So 2015 was the first time I went down a mine. 
Okay. So, what kind of skills and preparation do you do you need to make sure that it's as safe as it can be? Because I understand that this kind of endeavor can never be a guaranteed safe. No, I've had a few little bruises, but yeah, uh, we carry a hard, obviously hard hat. Uh, got light on there with spare batteries. I've got spare lights. We've got more spare batteries and spare lights. I've got uh, actually two lights on my helmet, a side light just in case the main light goes out and I'm on a rope or a ladder or something. Uh, then we, depending on what we're doing, if it's going to be incredibly wet, we wear a wetsuit. If not, it's usually a fur suit and then uh, overalls over that. Uh, wallies. Some people wear boots, but I wear wallies because of the water. Wet socks. Keep your toes nice and dry because they often get wet. Uh, in the bag, we've got first aid kits, food, drink, all spare kit, everything in the back, backpack. And we also, uh, our relatives know what time we drew out. So if we're late, they can call the emergency services. What's the... Oh, we carry gas meters as well. <laughs> oh, okay, that makes sense. What's the legal status of this? Is this like in gray area? Is this fully legal? Is this something that, for example, who owns such an old mine? Can you just enter it? Like, how does it work? Some are public uh, and some aren't. You get the permission from the landowner for that. Is some, that hard to come by? It uh, depends. Yeah, some, some do and some don't let you in. You need uh, public liability insurance just in case you damage something. But that's, that's never been claimed on by anybody, apparently, so... Oops. Okay. <clears throat> that makes perfect sense. So in terms of what attracts you to this endeavor, what can, can you tell me a little bit about your motivation to do this? Because this is a very, very, from my point of view, and I'm a pretty standard guy, <laughs> very um, unusual thing to do. What's the kick you get out of it? Uh, well, it's pushing your limits, pushing your, yourself. Uh psychologically I get you a lot physically fitter I'm a hell of a lot fitter than I was when I started and there's also the history you know these mines people worked in them for hundreds of years people died doing all this and then they just lost and so we're opening them up and documenting these people's struggles for hundreds of years and you'll go in there and there'll still be kit left from when they closed especially if you find a, a mine that hasn't been explored before then obviously we, do we document some people like watching the videos. Although we don't, in most of the videos, unless it's a public mine, we don't actually uh, identify the mine or its location. Usually. Why, Why is that? It's just to stop people, because you, you, like in every life, you get idiots as well who want to go in there and nick the artifacts and damage the mine. So we, we keep, uh, especially if it's, you know, a landowner owns it, so... We'll keep them ones quiet location. Okay, that makes sense. And so in terms of in terms of adventures down into those mine shafts, how many have you done approximately? And what were some of your most special ones that you that uh, you've been a part of? I think about two hundred so far, <laughs> roughly. Wow. The channel, but it's about two hundred because we don't we don't document every we don't video every trip at all 
Uh, one that we did do was seven hours. And we had to crawl through up to, uh, two hours through shale, which is like loose mudstone. And you'll get slabs above you, like the size of pool tables, and they're ready to come down. Uh, so I had to crawl for two hours to get into the main mine. Spend three hours in the mine itself, and then three hours in neck deep water uh, to get back out the other the other side of it. And I can't swim, so in some areas uh, I had to hold round the neck of a taller friend who pulled me through those deep areas, deep water. <laughs> Let the, let this no pun intended. Let let this sink, sink in. <laughs> when you see things like horse whimsies, which are wooden massive wooden structures uh, that the horses use to pull things up and down shafts, they're still there. There's still water wheels in some mines hidden deep underground from like the 1780s, and it's still sitting there because not many people know it's there. <laughs> There's all sorts of things to see. Let's talk a little bit about two things, basically. The artifacts that you had a chance to see, that would be my first question. And question number two, what, what do you feel when you put yourself out there in those... It, it's, a, it's a foreign environment. It's a strange environment. It's, a no, it's a not a usual environment, right? Nobody basically grew up in mines. So it must feel alien to you every time you enter, even though you, I presume even though you've you've entered 200 times a mine and emerged successfully right but still yep. what do you feel when you enter those those environments uh mostly i'm fine when i enter them when i first did it for the first five minutes i was like what the hell have i let myself in for this is horrible but then i just relaxed and uh, enjoyed it and now we just crawl through really dangerous things and I suppose there is a slight sense of fear but you you learn to overcome that to think about what you're doing to concentrate uh, it is like an alien environment, which is part of the attraction, because when you're down there, it's like flying. All your worldly troubles just disappear, and you're concentrating on what you're doing and looking at this really strange environment. Uh, artifacts and things, find things like uh, original toilets, wooden toilets from the 1800s. Uh, some places you'll find explosives, we don't show them in videos. Uh, you'll find original boxes, uh, leather shoes, a couple hundred year old leather shoes still sitting there from the miner. Uh, if you've not been, so if it's a new mine you've found, you'll find like horses. I'm actually do drawing them out with my fingers here for some reason. Horses, <laughs> uh, miners' boot marks, horses. Uh, what do you call them? Horses' shoes marks in the in the mud. Wow, from a couple hundred years ago, still there. So we try and avoid damaging them. Oh wow! You'll find air doors, which uh, kids. They were closed when they were doing blasting, but these uh, were manned by kids who would spend 12 hours in the dark just opening and closing this door for people as they came through. So the, the stories to every little bit of them. And these vast caverns where people would have worked their entire lives. It's like four people would have worked 30 years just in this cavern. In the dark, quite often, just mining out. And these caverns are like 50 meters high, ceilings on them. In the dark, was yeah. there, how was that possible? How could they operate? Well, they, you're basically self-employed as a miner, so you'd have to pay for all your kit, including candles, which weren't cheap. Uh, so what they'd do is start the drill going in, tapping it away, twist, tap, twist, tap, and as soon as it starts to gain into a hole, they'd blow the candles out and just work in, to, in the dark until they'd drill the hole. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's a lot worse than people think. Let's let's talk about that because it seems like you have a lot of knowledge of this of this of this of this subject area not only through experience but i presume just by your your studying and talking to people yeah about, really about, stuff, yeah what, 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 what were some of the things about working in the mine in the past that struck you when you've learned about them first you were like let's say thinking geez geez louise was that really a thing well, there's uh, the case that often it's reported that uh, in lot, lot mines where there's not much air movement, uh, they go in and blast. Uh, and then the next day they come back in and the, the place will still be full of fumes. And so they'd be drilling next to each other, just a few feet away, and they wouldn't actually be able to see each other. The fumes would be that bad still in the mine. Oh, wow. <laughs> and yep. in, the, in the area where you're doing your explorations yep what was the culture around working in the mine there back in the day is there any of it still left i guess the question i'm asking is are there any mines still operational uh there's a couple of collieries still operational not no uh, no lead mines and there's uh, a fluorite mine which is for fluorite crystal that's still operational and so back then, when people worked in those mines, what was what were essentially? You've already mentioned that they worked in dark, so it couldn't be easy. But could you could you elaborate a little bit more? Uh, <laughs> well, they didn't have long uh, life expectancies. Life expectancy of an average mine up here is about forty. Wow. Did you get the black lung? Would get them from constant inhalation of lead dust. Oh wow, that's so yeah, that's that's so not nice. How how what? How long would it take for them to get to the actual place where they were kind of digging further? How long is it from the? It the mines are different sizes, so the big ones they be a couple of miles to the face. So, but they'd ride in carts most of the time, which was. It was one of the leading causes of death. Uh, kids would go down there. They weren't supposed to work down there, but they did. And uh, they get one of the leading causes of death for kids was decapitation. Riding in the cart, not looking where they're going, and smack. Oh, jeez. Yep. <laughs> wow. The Victorians is... used to go down as tourists. They take them down the mines as tourists while it's still act while it was active. They oh, really? It. Yeah, the Victorians loved it. <laughs> read some of their reports they did on it oh wow <laughs> well and so, so talking about those so those mines were basically the explore excavation stopped um and they were i guess sealed off or were they just left as, left as open the, the majority are left open because they don't know whether they're coming back it was the they're crashing the price of lead, so they didn't know if they were going to be reopening them again. So that's why you find a lot of artifacts, because the miners would be told, fight, this is your last day. So what they do, they'd hide the spade and stuff behind what are called deads, uh, which is the rock it doesn't contain ore. They weren't paid to take that out, so they just leave it in the mine and build walls and stuff to improve the airflow. So often they'd get all the kit and just put it behind the wall. And when they uh, open the mine... When they, 
find the mines again. Often there's kit hiding behind walls. Found cider bottles and all sorts. Hiding behind walls. <laughs> so a lot of those lead mines that you've been exploring, they were they stopped operating quite abruptly. Was that the case? Yeah, usually around the most of them around nineteen twenties, I think. Late eighteen hundreds, nineteen twenties, few going on to the fifties. One also operated in the 60s, but it didn't uh, have much success. And do you know what happened, that they all were shot? It's just the, uh, the uh, price of getting lead from like China and Spain was cheaper. Oh, I see. So, yeah, yeah. So they shot. <laughs> and so your last adventure <laughs> that we briefly spoke about, would you mind talking us through it a little bit? Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I'll do that one out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we went down a mine that was actually open until the 90s as a fluorite mine. But uh, there was a shaft. Uh, we wanted to go down. Last time we went there, there was a lot of water pouring down it. And uh, I tried to get down, but I had no gloves on and my fingers got really cold. So I was like, no. So we went back this time with wetsuits, gloves, and we got down it. So you, you're climbing 90-odd feet down with water pelting on your head. Plus we were carrying uh, a set of ladders because we wanted to try and get into an, a part of the mine at the bottom. So we, we hauled these ladders down the shaft as well with all the water pouring on us. Then into uh, a quite collapsed section, trying to get stuff through a collapsed section, but we decided not to take the ladders through that section because it was a bit too dangerous. You can see it in the video, it's uh, not nice. And then down into a flooded bit, but there's loads we hadn't been seen before, so it was quite good, but scary. And when you're on that sort of venture, you've also got to manage your body temperature and you've got to know when to quit because you obviously you've got to go back up 90 feet with water pelting on your head, so you're going to need a lot of energy for that. So you, you need to have an energy reserve to get out. People wonder about getting in, but there's also the fact you've got to manage to get out as well. Yeah, that would be ideal, wouldn't yeah. it? Okay, was that the scariest experience underground that you've had? Uh, no. <laughs> We've had plenty more. Uh, there is one that's a lot worse than that one, and that's just like in shale, so it's mudstone. So even as you're going through, it's collapsing around you. I had four things come down on me in that one. Doesn't show that on the video. Yeah, <laughs> it's so loose that you couldn't avoid stuff just coming down on you. So, so I can just understand what you mean. You're basically first you you descended, and then you were going through some sort of a corridor underground. Yeah, away from the shaft, and and that corridor was essentially collapsing around you. Yeah, you can see it in the well. This is that one didn't collapse on us. There's another one that was collapsing on us, but this one, uh, people in the past have gone down there, and you can actually they have actually heard the mine creak and crack as things start moving. Because as you see in the video, the uh, it's got steel arches, but they're bent right over, and some of them are actually cracked and broken with the pressure of the shell pushing down on them. And some of it is they actually squished the whole tunnel is actually squished, and you can see it collapsed to the ground. They actually pushed the steel girders down onto the ground, the, the amount of pressure. Uh, on the surface, there are massive uh, dips. You can actually see it on Google Earth. 
massive dips in the hillside where the workings beneath have collapsed. So we, we, we're doing it while it's still calm. Because I, I, I remember seeing one of your previous videos. It seemed like in that one you were able to walk, maybe not erect, but you were able to walk. Is do you do you have to crawl often when you're getting around those mines? Yeah, some mines they are completely crawly. We're, in, we're exploring one at the moment, and all you can do is crouch over. You, because over years it's filled up with silt, uh, so it was originally high, but now it's like half the height. It's half filled with silt, so all you can do is crawl, is crouch over as you walk. So we gave up on it this time. We're going back. Uh, sometime soon to try that one again when we're a bit fitter because <laughs> it was a hot day and we were tired so don't want to carry on with that one uh, I was just yeah. thought I forgot <laughs> but other ones are, are wide open and large but then you've got to deal with the water <laughs> you got to deal with the water can you explain a little bit more about that and some mines you know you've got chest deep or even neck deep water so you're sort of walking through, and it's like moonwalking. It's, it's like low gravity. So it's quite relaxing, actually. Uh, yeah, but you've got to have a knowledge of layout of mines because there could be things like false floors ahead of you or some. <gasps> yeah. Oh, no. Steve, <laughs> a lot of research Christ, what the heck? You're, you're, yeah. Oh, wow. So you're basically like walking neck deep in the water in mm -hmm. somewhere underground in a mine and on top of that there might be a oh and then on top of that you might make a step and there's nothing underneath and you can't uh, be something but false floors are like uh when the they they got what they called stope which, which are vertical workings they go up uh-huh so as time went on they put wooden platforms through mm -hmm. and there'll be a level going to that wooden platform Mm -hmm. Well, obviously, originally you could see it, but over time it's covered in silt, so it'll look like part of the normal floor. And you tread on it, and you could go through it. <laughs> and oh, in one mine, it's, in one mine around here, it's sixty feet to the water if you go through. Uh, we have fallen through one before, but it was there was the level was half flooded, so you just go into your shoulder depth and sort of float there, and you're like oh, <laughs> whoa. And then on the way back, uh, my friend knew exactly where it was, but obviously you've already been through, so the water's now silted up, so you can't see it. So he's there with a stick, prodding for it. He prods forward, overbalances and falls into it again. Mm. <laughs> but then you've got, even then, you've got this risk of structures beneath that could impale you. So <laughs> right. It's very dangerous. There are places we won't go. The, the <laughs> This is yeah. This is this is so. This at least to me, it sounds like there is so many risk factors. Yeah, involved in that. Would you mind mapping out at least some of the key ones that you that are usually on your mind when you're thinking about arranging to go underground? Uh, yeah, that's usually the false floors. Uh, how loose the geology is. You're looking at uh, maps of the. Uh, mine if you can if you can find them so you're looking at the layout of the mine uh, looking at how airflow might be if there's going to be any airflow uh, trying to work out where there might be low, low oxygen we've got the meters but it's all always good to plan you've got to look at the weather as well because the oxygen levels change with the weather outside what's the correlation or the causation 
What's the like? Because uh, when there's a high pressure, it pushes air through the mine, so the oxygen can flow. Uh, but when it's low pressure, it can't get it can't get out. I see. Because it's in coal mines, you don't want to go in a high pressure because that allow, when there's high pressure, the gases start coming out of the, the coal. <laughs> there's a lot to learn. <laughs> so, false false floors. Let's take that one first because when, 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 how can you even protect yourself from a possibility of a false floor? Uh, you can usually usually <laughs> spot the signs if there's water above it there's one line where you can see bubbles coming up through the floor mm-hmm. which means obviously there's a space beneath or you'll walk across the floor and there's water and you can see water flowing down the side of the floor mm-hmm. other signs is you might get like rails going down the drift but then the fo- the floor has fallen away from the rails so the rails are floating obviously it's mm-hmm. the sign that the floor may have uh, maybe sinking so you either proceed very carefully with somebody staying back just in case somebody go something goes or you uh, set up a rope system along the wall and belay yourself across well they are quite scary at times <laughs> wow yep. wow and, wow you, know, you can have a full stope beneath you so you can have 60 100 feet theoretically oh. 200 feet of drop beneath you if it goes Oh no! There is somebody who fell through one. Uh, they did get them back, but yeah, the, the person in front says it's the scariest thing they've ever ever seen. They uh, well heard because <laughs> they were walking through the guy behind, and he just heard a crack. Turned around, the guy had gone. He's through the floor. Wow! <laughs> so yes, this is where we try and educate people in the videos because you get people going in there in them uh, with no knowledge, not realizing the dangers in there. That is so wild because I've, I've, I've been to like a mine, sorry, not a mine, but a cave where you need to just mm-hmm. crawl through the cave. Super, you know, it was with a with a guide and everything. Super, super controlled environment. Now nothing compared to what you did. Yes. And still, and still, that that was such a claustrophobic, such a such an out of my comfort zone experience. That what you're talking about. Yeah. I can barely wrap my head around this. That's... Yeah. If you told me 10 years ago, I'd be doing this, I'd be like, uh, no, because I was claustrophobic, afraid of the dark. I wouldn't even go near a portal. I took photographs of the portals from a distance because I didn't like the dark coming out of them. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about that. That's very interesting. Did you, did you do this to overcome your fears? What was the motivation for you to, because it seems like seems like you went exactly where you didn't want to go. Yeah, I saw the videos and seen pictures and like there's really interesting structures and history down there. So I want to go, but <laughs> yeah, so I had to overcome my claustrophobia and everything. Now I just I'll just crawl through collapses and all sorts as you've seen in the videos. And it doesn't bother me. Uh, we did initially like oh no, but you with. A lot of people who start, we work them up. We start on easy minds, then work up the difficulty until they're confident. And then shale, which is one of the hardest environments, we have little training areas where we'll take them through short sections of shale, see how they cope, because we don't want somebody in the shale who's going to start panicking and losing this because then they become a dangerous to themselves or nobody else. So we test them in the easier sections and then work our way up to the, the more difficult stuff. Can you... Like, 
if if you if you haven't already, because I feel like we've talked about it very briefly before, but what's so what's so advanced about going through shell? What's so what's so challenging about it? Uh, because if if you imagine a pool table falling on top of you, uh, if you get it wrong in shale, you can end up with a, literally the weight of a pool size and weight of a pool table dropping on top of you. I've had a bit of shale drop on my neck before now. Well, dropped on my hat and rolled onto my neck. But yeah, people have been killed in shale. Uh, so you've you've got to be able to read the shale around you, see what, see how it's sitting, whether it's going to come away. And you, you've got to be able to move through it without touching anything. So you're basically spider crawling, mm-hmm. like SAS sort of crawling through very slowly. Make sure you're not touching anything. Okay, I see. <laughs> Did you ever have any, or have you ever, because I understand that you, you do it in a team. Is it two of you guys? Is it more? Yeah, so it's at least two, uh, sometimes up to eight. Never go alone just in case something happens. Yeah. And if there's any obstacles to go f- through, one person will go through whilst other people keep back just in case something does happen. Then we'll go through one at a time. Yeah. Okay, so there's an element of teamwork and just covering each other's back. That yep. makes sense. What's... How do you always go with one the same person, or is it... No, it's whoever's available. Oh, excuse me. It's whoever's available. Usually we'll try and stay with the same people, but yeah, if they can't come, then, then somebody else goes as well. It's whoever's available at the time. Because I presume you want your partner to be tested. Yes, <laughs> you know their limits and they know yours. So what's your limit right now? Uh, There's a shaft com- coming up. They're doing a climb, which is 100 odd feet. Uh, I'm not doing that because there's a physical limit on that. I would not be able to climb back up because it's some ropes and that really is hard. Yeah. I've done a 50 odd foot shaft recently. I've seen one of the videos, but yeah, 100 feet. Nah, not going to make it to the top. It would take a very long time. I'd be a liability. So like I'll stay at the top. I'll I'll be the safety guy while you you two go down. (laughs) Okay. So they will go down a hundred feet. 100 and odd feet. I won't say the exact height because people will work it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, of course. That's fine. So, but it's roughly 30 meters underground. Yeah. And then... Well, the shafts down here go up to 900 feet, the deepest one. For the coal mines. Does anyone go 900 feet? Uh, yeah. There are there are dudes who go... Ni- or, or gals who go 900, 900 feet. Yeah. Really? There's, there's one that's 300 feet, and people regularly go down there because there's a huge engine room still there that used to generate power and and, oh, wow. and all the equipment's still down there, so they regularly go. Well, that's that's the brewery shaft that's at Nented. I can mention that because that's public, and they do uh, twice a year. They'll do winch trips, so they'll drop you down there on a winch. Oh, my God. <laughs> that That's fascinating. So there is an engine room there. Yeah. So this is kind of like, it's kind of like scuba diving in a way, hmm. where where you where you descend in a loose loosely comparing, you'll descend to like a shipwreck, and there's yeah. all kinds of interesting artifacts down there. And you've got a limited time down there, yes. 
Mm. You always have that feeling that you know you don't belong to this world, and your time's limited in this in the underground world by, by your batteries and your energy. So yeah. <laughs> have you heard any stories of any 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 stories from the community that you are a part of, where you 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 basically heard a story of a mine exploration and you were thinking, whoa. And maybe you can share some of those stories. It would be really interesting to know what what's what what what's at the limit of what what your community is doing and what's considered doable. Hmm. Hmm. I don't really know. There is a trip uh, that takes over twelve hours. It used to take twenty four hours, but now it takes twelve because I clean stuff out. But it goes right around the valley uh, underground. Uh, takes in about eight mines, all linked together. And they'll they'll do that in about twelve hours. It takes. You got to use ropes and all sorts. That's quite an interesting one. Uh, I just wanted to say with the danger thing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is what you'll get sometimes in flooded mines is woodwork under sitting on the floor in the water, and if you tread on that, sometimes it will completely just disintegrate and release hydrogen sulfide gas, which smells like eggs for a few moments and then it burns your senses away and you can't smell it anymore and it's lethal so yeah you i've had that a few times and you have to get out quick when okay. you smell <laughs> without panicking well, 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 okay let's let's talk about that moment one of those experiences you start to smell um rot rotten eggs you've said well yeah you're in a mine you start smelling that alarm bells go off what's going on uh, we are leaving as soon as we can. Yeah, it's the gas coming out rot- out of rotten wood. Uh, rotten wood can also remove oxygen from the atmosphere as well, as can iron. So there's another signs of uh, low oxygen. But I have known one person smell the gas and start panicking and trying to get out there as fast as they can. And I'm, I sort of grab them and go, walk and breathe slow. If you're running, you chances are you're going to hurt yourself. And if you're breathing fast, panicking, you're going to be consuming more of it. So just walk and breathe slowly. Breathe normally. Just get out slowly. <laughs> how much time do you have? Obviously, I suppose it depends on how much of this gas is being released. But in this situation, just so I can get an understanding of what's the danger zone in those kind of situations, for example, how far how far back do you need to walk to to be, okay, I think we're safe now? Well, it's spreading in the tunnel, so obviously it, you, know, you can walk fast and it's going to spread. So you don't have to go too far to get rid of to get out of the zone, but you you put a safety distance because it's still travelling down the tunnels. We've we've had magic travel quite a distance once. Uh, it caught us up in <laughs> one mine. Like, oh, got to get out of this bit as well now. That was yeah. But I believe if you got it straight in the face, which won't obviously there. Uh, if you've got a full blast, you've got a few seconds to live. When you ingest it, really? Yeah. So how, what, what kind Ameri- of- Americans hate it. They they uh, they smell any rotten eggs. They they're out of there straight away. Whereas we we'll go through quite areas where you can just smell rotten eggs. We'll still continue quite often. Did you say Americans? Yeah, they they sort of panic when they smell rotten eggs. <laughs> you see it in their videos. Okay, that we're getting to something very interesting now. So American. Coal mining exploration. Coal, I would say. Well, you don't get it in coal mines. Com- usually, com- uh, yeah, no, sorry. 
sorry, terribly sorry, my 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 confusion. Um, <laughs> Americans, what what's the difference in the community? American mining ex explorers and UK mining ex mine explorers. What what are some of the differences? So you're saying that you guys, when you when you smell eggshells, you 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 stick it out, nevertheless, sometimes. Yeah, if it's only if it's only very mild, you can smell it. Yeah. Whereas uh, Americans usually, as soon as they smell anything, they're out of there. <laughs> Who who's what's what's the what would be your advice? What's the correct approach? Uh, get out as soon as you smell. Is <laughs> the official story. Well, what about what about your story? Is that uh, what you've always done? Yeah, we just go on on how strong it is. Okay, so can I ask you this question? Were there ever situations where you thought about it, about not necessarily the egg, the eggshells, but when you thought, mm, should I make another step? You know, those moments when you're like, I don't know how this is going to end. And you did it anyway, or you took a step back. What was what were those situations like? What was literally going on? Not knowing in the last video, the first time we went to that shaft, uh, I uh, actually uh, a few videos ago we did one with roots where we went down a a shaft. That was actually my third attempt because we tried it twice before and I just chickened out. I was like, I actually got on the rope at one point and I went looked down the shaft and went, uh, no. <laughs> my my friend had already gone down the shaft, had to climb back up without exploring it. <laughs> He's like, no, not going down. Two of us actually wouldn't go down. Uh, but, but then the third time I went down. Yay! Well done. Can I ask you this? It might sound a little bit silly, but are there any ghost slash hunted slash, I don't know, like places with bad rap? No. That that's an American thing. They do all the ghost stuff. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> there is some interesting stories about uh, the miners and ghosts, though. Uh, there's one where coal miners, I believe, uh, have this thing where if they see a black dog, it's usually a precursor to a collapse. They'll be visited by a black dog, oh, which is God. weird. And you've got oh, I forgot what they call them now. Uh, Tommy knockers. Cornish mines, when they heard the rocks cracking or the mines settling and it would rumble, uh, they believed they were little uh, owls sort of type things in the walls. They called them tommy knockers. Mm -hmm. And you've got parts in mines that, for no apparent reason, they've blocked them up. They've built stone walls. Now, often that's because it's finished with and they want to divert the air uh, down another way. But in some cases, I've, I've read in literature, uh, they were, for whatever reason, they'd think that section was haunted. So they just block it up with stone, block up, block the ghost into that section. We came across a section the other day that for no obvious reason it was stoned up. And I'm like, mm, that could be a, a, a case of where they've tried to block a ghost in there. Wow. But we've never had any ghost. Oh, I've had one sort of unexplained thing. Uh, we're in a, a horse whim, which is usually operated by ladies. And we all heard this female voice when we we're in the chamber. We we're looking around, found, well, where's this person? And we couldn't find anybody. Now, that's not to say there wasn't somebody in a lower level some, or something. But we all heard this female voice in this chamber. 
Well, I mean... And if you watch my videos, you'll actually see Fred the Mind Demon. <laughs> Say it again? If you watch my videos, you'll see Fred the Mind Demon appear now and again. Well, who, who, who's that? What is that? <laughs> it's a little, little set of red eyes that appear behind somebody now and again. <laughs> well, what, what, what is this joke? It's a little Easter egg I put in the videos. I'm calling Fred the Mind Demon. <laughs> oh, you're editing this in. <laughs> yeah. Aha, good no, one. No, no, it's real. It's real. <laughs> oh, wow. Wait, but honestly, like on a on a human to human level, aren't like do you feel scared when you do this? Because like the the stuff you're telling me about, I find this scary. Like I find, I just find the idea of like walking through the water, hearing female voices where there is no no apparent woman around. All this stuff like that. No, I'm quite logical minded, so I don't usually get scared. Uh, maybe a few times when I first started. But then these days you look at an obstacle and you think, oh, well, how am I going to get through that? And you work it out logically. You you might feel a little bit of fear come on, but you, you've trained yourself over the years to overcome that. Like the other day when uh, we were down the shaft and there's water pelting you in the face. Uh, when the guys are starting to panic because he didn't like that, and I don't like that. But then I was like, oh, how am I going to get this under control, the, the fear that was starting to build? And I just said, right, I'm going to concentrate on keeping my three three points of anchor all the time, my feet position and my hand position. I'll concentrate on that. And that took away that fear. And I stopped thinking about the water that was hitting me in the face. <laughs> okay, there are some very interesting universal lessons from, <laughs> from your experiences that I would actually like to tease out a little bit more in the last few minutes of our of our conversation. So what are the things and that's already the, the example you just gave is one one already in my opinion but maybe there are others things that you've learned down underground but you actually apply to daily life what it's are like, some what are some of the lessons when i first started mine exploring i would not uh, lead trips it took me a couple of years before i'd lead a trip myself and that's taught me a lot of confidence which translated to my work. I have more confidence dealing with people now than I used to because I'm used to leading trips and advising people. You know, we're going through the mine and people people asking me for advice on different things or advice on mines, and it's just built a lot more confidence in myself. That makes and, sense. Yeah, and a more logical approach to problems in life. Dealing with pressure, the thing about water gushing. Yeah. In your face. Yep. You think this this is only a temporary thing, this will be over soon. <laughs> and you can and you can actually Yeah and yeah, and also the attitude of just get on with it because it needs to be done. Some people go mine exploring and they just moan all the way around. You're like, why'd you go mine exploring if you're just gonna moan about it? <laughs> Not doing things you're like it's there, it's gotta be done. Just get on with it. <laughs> but you love it. <laughs> Sorry? But you love it. That's your thing, mine exploring. Right. Especially our mines, because we're lucky, because we've got all the arching. Uh, the like the Americans don't have stone arching in their mines in most in most areas, but because the Pennines had a lack of trees, wood was expensive, so they used stone arching instead, which has oh. left us these amazing structures, some of them hundreds of feet high. Oh, have you? <laughs> they, get wool, they get walls like hundred feet high. It's amazing. 
Wow. What, do you have anything particular on your bucket list, like a mine or exploration or an adventure slash trip underground that you really would, if there was an opportunity to do it, you 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 would do it. You would be ready. Obviously, I can't name any mines, but uh, I do want to do the slate mines in Wales. They are the caverns in them are vast. You can fit cathedrals and those things. Mm. Love slate mines. Bit bit of the opposite to uh, what we do, where it's usually confined until you get to the workings. Okay. And this and those slate mines, I'm not really sure what what that means. Uh, well, they mine slate for roofing. Oh, okay. Yeah, they they're in Wales and they're, they're huge. Oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Why don't you why don't you try those mines how they how they dig brown hole brown coal where it's like open open mine you know you don't need to get underground um, don't have any interest in that no challenge to that nah <laughs> very little history they're just open cast nah never not for me yeah. I've been invited to the salt mine in Staffordshire which is massive so we've got to arrange that one. And do you have any your favorite bit about history of any of the mines that you've explored or heard about that you know? Uh, uh, not really. Because, for example, the thing that you've said that they worked in the dark. Oh yes, that was pretty. That was pretty heavy. Heavy duty. Stuff. Yeah, and they be they wouldn't have scaffolding or anything like that. They just used. Uh, They'd be standing on you see you actually see them in the mines. They'd be standing on one single plank with a flat cap on, pipe, smoking in the dark, hammering away a <laughs> hammering away at a chisel, a wow. drill to, to get holes. What a lifestyle! There was no health and safety. Although if so, an accident did happen, the mine would get shut down while the the safety people came back up from London to look at what happened. Oh really? Yeah. So there was some standards. I don't know what the coal mines were like, but the the lead mines were a bit more health and safety orientated they did have uh, health insurance as well hmm. so they, they, they had their own doctors which they paid for monthly wow like like their own nhs type thing yeah yeah well i can only say i oh sorry sorry i uh, i just wanted to say that like this has been a crazy 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 ride with you steve i have to say um and i wish you all the best with with your further mine explorations because what you what you're doing is truly admirable and truly scary to me some people love it we've even had one guy he'd lived in this valley all his life he'd heard never been in the mines he did stories about uh, a ladder that went up a raise and led to miles of workings we were able to find this ladder repair it because it was broken get up and document these workings for him show him the video and he's almost in tears when he sh we showed him the video because he he'd heard of it all his life and never seen it <laughs> well so was that how was that underground yeah how deep uh the, the ladder was uh probably about a mile and a half how did you fix inside that? the mountain sorry how how did you fix that? Uh, it was a, a metal ladder, so we were able to uh, reinforce it with rope and all sorts. That's so impressive. Mm -hmm. How long did it take you to do that? Ten minutes. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I'll take that. 
There's only a couple of breaks in it, so we're able to repair it. And, yeah. Okay. Then ascend it. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, thank you so much, Steve. That was a, that was incredibly informative and I am, I, I will have, I will have a lot to think about after what you've said, because <laughs> like you, you took, you definitely took me and all the listeners on a very, very interesting adventure. Thank you so much forever right. grateful for that. Yeah. You have to come up and explore with us. <laughs> <laughs> is that a real, is that an actual invitation? Yeah, we do take people down all the time. Hey, I'm I'm a, I'm a wild guy. I might take it up. Yeah, we'll take you to take you to Smallclough, which is a public mine, and that one's relatively safe. It's about as safe as it's going to be. And there's loads of stuff in there. What what does it mean <laughs> relatively safe? Well, this one's inspected by health and safety each year. It gets a gets a check each year to make sure it's it's okay. Okay, I might be in touch with you then. Yes. Who knows? Good. Who knows? <laughs> Thanks so much. That's no that's that that that's amazing. I um all the people that you know you go go into those mines to explore with all the best of luck to them and warm warm wishes and thank you very much for doing this again. I really appreciate you. That's fine. <laughs> I like sharing it also. There you go. <laughs> uh if you want to plug your channel or any of, of the work that you're publishing. Let me know. You can say it now. I can I can post it under the you know in the description of the of the clip as well. Um, yeah, it's you. It's UK abandoned mine explodes on YouTube. Thanks very much, Steve. Okay, Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye.